Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is FPC Radio Live. It is Friday, February 23rd. We are almost through the second month of 2023. And, um, well, look, Super Bowl's in the rearview mirror. We are full-on heading towards the new league year. We got free agency coming up in just a few weeks, um, obviously. And then uh, everything that follows after that, the draft, training camps. And you know what, John? In just a few months, just around the corner, we're going to be watching Aaron Rodgers play for another Another football team. How about that? That's going to be interesting, right? I'm kind of I'm committed Very to that. I want to see it. I want to see him play somewhere else. I, I'm, I, you know, you talk about it all the time. The cool jersey thing. I know it has nothing to do with football, but I want to see him in a different jersey. Maybe not. You know, I, I, I just want to see what he can do uh, somewhere else. Um, I don't. I still don't know exactly where that's going to be. Uh, we, we kind of last week. I, I, I kind of screwed up the dates for for Aaron Rodgers' uh, retreat. Uh, but apparently he emerged uh, yesterday, <laughs> not last week. I apparently we misread the dates. Either way, um, I don't know if you saw his swanky uh, little uh, hut. Did you mm-hmm. see the pictures of it? Like a little queen bed, a little meditation mat, and um, yeah, it 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 seemed interesting, seemed comfortable. Um, I don't know if I could do four days of that. Well, he ended up doing two days, I guess, right? Because right on brand, he's only good for two of four quarters. <laughs> good quarters Ooh. in the game so that was perfect that's uh, coming from you man. not me that's coming from you hey, not look, me I'm, I'm an equal opportunity hater critic yeah critic well, okay hater. no no definitely I not the man he's my favorite player he's interesting i think he's the most interesting guy in the league um he's strange i mean he, he loves to be the center of attention but then when he becomes the center of attention he kind of pushes back like why are people talking about me <laughs> because that's what you like so you know he's got all of that going on but yeah i think he only did two days 300 square feet with the queen bed, the meditation map. There was a bathroom there, but apparently you could put lights on in there. So we'll, hopefully he did, because what's the point of this? The thing is to be in total darkness for two, three, four days, whatever. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, <laughs> this wasn't quite, uh, you know, Andy Dufresne's cell <laughs> at Shawshank, but, you know, it's it's still, you know, that's that's a little too uh, a little too cramped and a little too nothing going on for me. I mean, I'd, I'd have to have a lot of, uh, well... <laughs> I'd have to have a lot of something to keep me occupied uh, for those two hours, uh, preferably something mind-altering, um, even though I'm not, you know, that's 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 not me. But if I was stuck in a room like that, you got, you got to give me something. I, I'm being lost in my own thoughts. That's, I don't know if that's a good thing. It could be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Uh, no, I mean, it looked comfortable. And, like, you know, to be honest, John, I, I get a, I, I have a weird thing. So I hate the cold. Um, mm-hmm. I saw snow the other day, uh, very, very faintly, but there was snow, uh, uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, as crazy as that sounds, but I did see snow. It was flurrying a little bit and didn't really quite stick, but I saw it. It was cold. I don't re- really like it. There's a reason why I moved from Massachusetts and it's not because of the mountains. It's not because of the teams and, you know, it's basically because of the cold. I was like, you know what? I'm good. And now I live down here in 70 degree, 80 degree weather all the time. So, but, but. 
the idea of having like a little hobbit like hut in the ground <laughs> and like being on like a like a I don't know, like surviving outside in the cold for like a week, like for like a I don't know, a vacation. That that seems appealing to me. I don't I don't know why. Again, I would have to have certain things to to occupy my time, but I, I kind of like the the cool little hobbit hut there. Yeah, it does sound interesting. I mean, you don't want to go all full Leonardo DiCaprio and the Revenant, right? Where, no, you know, no. he's out in the wilderness well, sleeping inside the, you know, coating of a bear, which was one yeah. of the wildest scenes I think I've ever seen, only surpassed by the other scene with the bear. So, um, Look, yeah. I, I, I would have, I, if, if I were to go live out in the wilderness, I would have to cheat a little bit and have some sort of luxuries. I, I, I've mentioned this on the show before. I, I watch a... I watch that Life Below Zero show a lot, uh, where it's basically just following people who live up in Alaska, some of them in some very remote areas. So there's a lot of the same ideas involved. Um, I, I would just have to have a few luxuries, though, you know, a few things to, mm-hmm. to, to keep me comfortable. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think I would enjoy it for a few days, especially if I know that I could be back in, you know, again, beach weather in a matter of days and, and I can just only experience it for that short period of time. I couldn't live in it. Definitely couldn't do that. Well, that's, so. that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat. You know, he could call it off when he felt like it, or the max was going to be four days, a minimum two days. So he'd be able to get out and go back to his, I'm sure mansion in Southern California, the one he's building in Nashville or his place in green Bay, which might be for sale. That's the next telltale sign, right? Is if yeah. he's going to be leaving. If the mansion in Wisconsin's for sale, that's kind of a, it gives you an idea that he's on his way out, kind of like when Brady put up his mansion in Brookline uh, early in 2019. You're like, okay, this means he wants to move on. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting. I remember a couple of years ago, he renewed his golf membership at some country club in Green Bay, and people were like, okay, he's coming back. You know, again, with the money these guys have, yeah. you renew a you know, club membership for even $50,000. It's not like it's going to you know, sink them. But, uh, yeah, there's still these little nuggets that we can see. I think he's gone, and I think the Raiders and Jets make the most sense. But, uh, you know, sometimes there could be a, a third team that emerges that surprises us and, and uh, knocks the Packers over with an offer that they can't refuse as long as he's willing to go there because he seems to be the guy that, you know, if it's a place he doesn't want to go, he'll just retire. Yeah. And uh, Although well, I still think there's too much money at stake for him to retire. And, again, you, you bring it up, and I think it's brilliant. He does not want to go into the Hall of Fame the same year that Tom Brady goes in. It just it would be he become some of what of a footnote well, on that day. Look, I mean, and I I don't mean this as an insult. I mean because like he's been kind of a footnote his entire career to to Tom Brady. You know what I mean? So it's like the last thing he wants to do is you know because he he'll, he'll go in first ballot. I would assume. I I, I can't see why mm-hmm. you know he wouldn't. Um, I mean I I can see an argument. I mean it really honestly, John. It depends on the group that's with him. Um, but I, I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I, I would find it hard to believe that. And, and these, are, look, my, my, my opinion of first ballot is, I mean, you, you got to really, really be like the best of the best of the best of the best. And I mean, now it's like, you know, players that, I mean, it doesn't really matter what ballot you go into, but I, 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 I don't know. I feel like there's been this need to, to push people in. So in, 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 in that sense, and I do believe that his career at the very least warrants a discussion for it. Um, I think between those two things, he'll, he'll likely be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But again, like I said, if his competition is 
Tom Brady and some other player, like maybe they decide, well, maybe we'll push Rodgers back. And I don't know if he wants that or do I think he wants to share the stage with Tom Brady because, well, how do you follow his resume? <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially if you're Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Like, you know, it's about celebrating. And likely Tom Brady would, you know, they'd probably do him last. Or actually, I don't know. I think they went alphabetical order last last time. So he'd probably go first. Like, yeah, trust me. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has had a great career. You start you start talking about his accomplishments following the the 15 to 20 30 minutes uh, you just spent talking about Tom Brady, well well guess what? It's it's going to be a lackluster day for Rodgers. So yeah, I I don't think he wants that. And and really, look, he doesn't have a no trade clause, but for all intents and purposes he does because of the money, because of like you said the threat of retiring and or the possibility, not that he's threatened to retire, but Really, Green Bay is, for a lot of reasons, they're not. I, I don't think they're ultimately going to get a lot for Aaron Rodgers. The age, the contract, um, obviously the situation. We saw, uh, we, we talked about this, you and I, on the Full Press NFL podcast, but we've seen dueling reports uh, over the last couple weeks about the state of the relationship between Rodgers and the Packers. And the most recent one felt more like a you know, kind of saving face a little bit because the original report, although I don't think the ex- every bit of information about it is 100% true because, I mean, it used some pretty strong language, John, uh, to describe the, the Packers' feelings towards Rodgers and, and vice versa. I don't know if it's that ferocious, I guess, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I do think that the Packers are ready to move on and they'd prefer to move on um, it's just a, it's it's going to be a tricky situation because they they really don't have any leverage, except for the fact that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and some team out there, not not even wildly desperate for a quarterback, but maybe mildly desperate for a quarterback, might give them pretty close to to the value they're looking for for him, despite all the other situations. But at the end of, end of the day, John, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go there. The Packers aren't going to be able to trade him because the team, you know, again, he could threaten to retire. Right. I mean, if he comes out and says uh, San Francisco are nowhere else, what do the Packers do? I mean, they seem adamant that they want to trade him to the AFC, not the NFC. But if you get nothing in return for him and then the salary cap issues, maybe you send him to San Francisco. You know, I've never been opposed to trading a guy within the conference. Look, I mean, you have to move on at some point get as much as you can for him. You know, he's only going to probably play two at a max three years. So you go from there. So maybe that's going to be his leverage. Obviously, uh, Brett Favre, they got a third round pick for, I think Rogers right now is better than Brett Favre was 15 years ago. Um, so I think you could maybe get a second and a fourth and maybe get a player along with that. Maybe just like a depth piece or whatever to kind of make things work out that way. I don't think you're going to get what Seattle got for Russell Wilson or what, Houston got for Deshaun Watson because those guys were younger mm-hmm. than Aaron Rodgers is. Now, the Seattle haul for Russell Wilson looks like a home run from them because we don't know what Russell Wilson's going to do in year two in Denver. You would think he should be better than year one. He can't be much worse than that. And Watson wasn't very good last year, but he's still a young quarterback who missed nearly two years. So I don't think you're going to get you know multiple firsts and all of that stuff for Aaron Rodgers. A second and a fourth, maybe that works. And again, it's going to be decided upon where he goes a lot by him. Yeah, and and look, I mean, he, he kind of has the – he's earned that right to, at this point in his 
career to kind of have more of a say on, on where he goes. And I, you know, again, I don't know if this whole situation is, you know, each side trying to get one up on each other. Like again, that first report of uh, the team being disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I believe the extent of their frustration, uh, if there is frustration at all. Um, I, I do believe it's it's more so just it, it's time to move on. You know, I, I think the team is just they, they want to kind of just rip the Band-Aid off and, and move it forward with who they have and Jordan Love and see what they have in Jordan Love. At the same time that they did that with Favre and Rodgers back in the day. This is, you know, Aaron Rodgers entering year four was when he took the starting job. And, well, guess what? Jordan Love is entering year four. So uh, there's a lot of um, similarities, a lot of uh, symmetry to Rodgers and especially Favre. And now the situations and how they're being replaced. So, Or at least we're assuming. So, um, one more note on the on the Hall of Fame thing too. Yeah, you know if he's going to have to share the stage with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady going to the Hall of Fame is going to be similar to Michael Jordan going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Maybe he'll have a speech where he's, you know, still hateful <laughs> to everybody. I doubt it. Brady kind of covers that up a little bit more. I mean, remember Jordan's Hall of Fame speech where it just was like you know twenty minutes of of just shots at everybody. But uh, Jordan's class in two thousand nine, like no one will remember that these guys went into the Hall of Fame that day. They're all Hall of Fame players. It was David Robinson, Jerry Sloan, who went in as a coach, John Stockton. Those were the main participants in that Hall of Fame class. You know, they all took a backseat to Michael Jordan because everybody takes a backseat (laughs) to Michael Jordan. Look, J.J. Watt is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame in the same class as Tom Brady, a great player. Uh, But we're just going to remember Tom Brady on that day, much more so than anyone. A few years ago, we remember Peyton Manning when he got into the Hall of Fame, or Ray Lewis before that. You know, every maybe three or four years is an all-time great, 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 great player, and it's their day, and that's yeah. going to be the case with Tom Brady in five years. Yeah, and, and that's and, and that's really, you know, and that that's the thing. This doesn't happen all the time. This isn't an every-year occurrence. I mean, this isn't any disrespect to whoever goes in with him, but the reality of it is it's, it's that day in five years is really going to be about Tom Brady. I mean... Let's face it, it, it is what it is. Um, and, and maybe perhaps, John, this opens the door, and again, maybe the voters will see an opportunity to <clears throat> maybe uh, push forward some guys that, that very well deserve to be in that have been waiting for a long time. Um, if, if they want to give more, I don't know, uh, g- give more of the stage to some of these younger guys that more of the fans today have seen uh, like J.J. Watt, you know, maybe they don't vote J.J. Watt in first ballot, which, again, people will be like, oh, my God, how could J.J. Watt not be first ballot? Well, I don't know. To me, it, it, it it's overused or at least it's overemphasized by players. And, you know, in more recent history, there's been a they've been more prone to put players in on their first ballot but there are so many players out there now that have been waiting for years that are just as deserving if not more than some of the guys going in and the reality of it is i I think first ballot like very first opportunity should be reserved for like i said the best of the best of the best i mean you're what your jim browns your tom brady's peyton mannings joe montana you know those guys not like i don't know again i'm trying not to be disrespectful to other Hall of Fame players, but let's face it, there are tiers of players in the Hall of Fame, just like there are tiers of players in the NFL. Not every player is created equal. Some are better than others, and that's just the reality. And I, I, I think um, 
that warrants a, a bigger celebration or bigger uh, amount of attention towards players. But yeah, that's just me, John. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you have to see who else is eligible that given year. I mean, JJ Watt's three times Defensive Player of the Year. That that's tough to turn down in terms of a first time ballot. There's always an offensive lineman that's in the fray, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this year's Joe Thomas, who I think is deserving. But you know, if there had been other offensive linemen that were still in the queue, then maybe he has to wait a year. I mean, look, Mike Haynes to me is the the best cornerback in the history of the sport, at least you know, post Super Bowl era. And he was not a first-time Hall of Famer, first-ballot Hall of Famer. Bill Parcells, one of my favorite coaches, one of the greatest coaches, was not a first-ballot Hall of Famer. You know, they eventually got in. Terrell Owens, remember, he put up yeah. a massive stink when he was in a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He got in in his second or third well, time. And, so, and if, yeah, you, I mean, if you think about it, that was kind of <clears throat> kind of when things started to shift a lot mm-hmm. over the last 10, 15 years is this idea that you know, if you're not a first ballot Hall of Famer, you're disrespected. It's like, no. I mean, look, did did T.O. deserve to get in? I mean, you can make a case, but do I think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer? No. And and that doesn't mean he wasn't a great player. But, you know, when, when you're talking about the most impactful, greatest players of this sport, you're going to take a long time before you get to Terrell Owens. And I, save me the stat discussion. And this isn't just about stats. This is about his impact on the game and what he did. And like I said, I mean, he had his moments, but great player, certainly a Hall of Famer. But if we're trying to, if, if first ballot really means that much, and I don't think it does anymore, then I don't, I don't believe he was deserving of first ballot. So, but guess what? He put up a stink. And it was in, in this era of 24-7 news coverage. And the dawning of social media. I mean, this was a few years before that, but still, the point being, like, he was here where a lot of people were able to see his big stink. And now, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, we see it all the time. It's a, you know, group think. Everyone's, oh, you know, T.O. deserves to be first ballot. Devin Hester deserves to be first. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Devin Hester does not believe, uh, deserve to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. No. Let, let, you know, let's 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 talk about some of these other great special teams players that aren't in the Hall of Fame yet. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it's a weird thing that I think it's it's it, first ballot should be reserved for really the, the the best of the best of the best. But unfortunately, much like a lot of the things that we we see now, like goat, uh, the the term has been devalued mm-hmm. significantly. It's singular, greatest. Yeah, like, I still can't understand <laughs> John, why trust there's me. <laughs> nine million goats out there unless you're at a goat farm. But Tr- yeah, I mean, it's trust me, I, I I know that that I, I wake up in the middle of the night in, in sweats thinking about the the illogical discussion that that comes from that. Not just well, you have to speak to someone about that. You know, yeah, well, that's a serious <laughs> that's a, issue. That's a, a health problem I need to take care of. But yeah, you know, like I said, it might begin with me just uh, uh, blocking out the the uh, just I don't know the the. The, the whole idea of greatest and best being different, and I, I don't know. But see, my, my head's rattling right now. I just, I'm, I'm like oh, at, almost at an overload point where I'm just going to shut down and just, that's it. <laughs> I can't handle it. So it's like, you know, when you, uh, if you, if you, if you go online, if you go for synonyms, I think they're together, right? Great. They, they are. They are. Oh, trust me. Yeah, I, so, trust me. I yeah. know. I've told a lot of people that they literally mean the same exact thing. And they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. Greatest means that no, no. That's 
It's like it's like an AI simulation. You know, if you want to trip it up, you give them a bunch of instructions, and it, it basically just stumbles and then shuts down. That that's what I'm at right now. Like whenever I see that, my I, I just I try to logically explain the the difference between the two or the similarities uh-huh. between the two. I mean, by literally showing them the the dictionary definition of both, um, and it still doesn't matter. So, but anyways, the point is, goat devalued. Um, First ballot Hall of Famer, devalued. Uh, none of the because uh, things are just so overused now. Oh, he's one of the goats. No, like you said, John, greatest singular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to say he's one, you know, he's a great player. He's he's one of the great players in this league. Yes, that's fine. That in, that implies he's one of more than just one. There there is not one of one there, but greatest, the best, singular, singular. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> my my brain my my brain hurts right now just just thinking of the the logical arguments that that come from that whole discussion and, and what you have to do to twist yourself in a pretzel to even make it seem like it makes sense. Yeah, see, I'm I'm still banging the drum for for Sterling Sharp to get into the Hall of Fame because yeah. I I think for a five year period he was the second best receiver in football who played in the same era as the greatest receiver ever. Jerry Rice, I mean, he put up big numbers before Brett Favre got to Green Bay, and then when they were together, it was magical. He had a shortened career, and again, in football, we put players in that have had shortened careers, right? Gale Sayers, it's still Terrell difficult, Davis had though. very short careers. But, it, yeah, it's a sport that is based on collisions. Like, I mean, how many guys, forget Tom Brady, I mean, 23 years, that's, that's insane. But, I mean, if a guy has a dominant career for seven years as a wide receiver, you know, Calvin Johnson's here's, in the Hall of Fame here's basically the pro- on that. Here's the problem, though, John. Wide receiver numbers now, absolutely dwarf. And, and this is for many reasons oh, other than the yep. fact, like, this isn't a talent situation. It's just a matter of, well, the game's different. Sure. So the problem is, when you look at Sterling Sharp's numbers, even uh, at his peak, they pale in comparison to some of these I, I, maybe good receivers in this league, you know what I mean? A thousand yard season used to mean something in this league. It really doesn't now. You know what I mean? I, it's not that it's not an accomplishment. It doesn't mean you didn't have a good season. <clears throat> but it's not quite that, wow, he had a thousand yards this season. No, that number's like 1,400 yards. That's that's the new benchmark. You know, it's just, it's, it's inflation, John. It's just like offense <laughs> we've seen in every offense uh, uh, situation you know, over the last 15, 20, 25, 30 years, you know, you can trace it all the way back to 1978 when they changed the defensive rules. That that was the first uh, push towards a more offensive game, and we've only seen that magnified uh, uh, quite a bit over the last 20 years in the 21st century. So, um, of course, these numbers are going to be inflated, but you look at a you know you look at a pretty good receiver in this league, and they can get a thousand yards. No problem. You know why? Because they can mm-hmm. they can catch balls in the middle of the field and get a bunch of yak. You couldn't do that when Sterling Sharp was playing. Get his head no. knocked off. So, you yep. know, the problem is, and I agree with you, I think he should be in, um, even with the shortened career. I, I, not everyone with a shortened career and a dominant stretch deserves to be in, but to your point, I, I think he has a very strong case. The problem is, uh, the, the longer we get away from it, the more his numbers are going to just kind of and this isn't the right way to look at it, but they're going to look at his numbers versus, I mean, I'm just throwing a name out there, but A.J. Green. Do you think A.J. Green's a Hall of Fame player? 
No. No. He's a really good receiver. He had made some nice plays during his stretch, but people are going to see his numbers, and they're going to dwarf Sterling Sharps. Mm-hmm. But Sterling was obviously the better player. So that's that's the problem that we're we're heading into, especially with some of these offensive play older offensive players, because it just it, it they're they're not gonna have a chance. And especially especially as that room, uh the Hall of Fame voting room gets younger. Yeah, you can average fifty eight yards a game receiving and crack a thousand yards in a season. So fifty eight yards receiving. I mean if you look at that in a box score you don't go that that guy had a dominant game. You know, five catches, fifty eight yards, no touchdowns. It's like, okay, that guy helped the offense, but you know, I don't think the defensive coordinator planned for that guy all week, right? But I think if you were playing the Packers in the late eighties and early nineties, you were planning to try to stop Sterling Sharp. You know, again, Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver ever. I think the gap between him and number two is is sizable, probably more so than any other position, right? I mean I'm Brady and the next great quarterback um, the next best quarterback, there's a, there's a gap there, but I think also Rice to the next best receiver, who you can make a case for Randy Moss, or you can, you know, even go with, you know, Don Hudson. I mean, yeah. who played like a hundred years ago, but his numbers look ridiculous from that time. Or, or um, I, I'm a big Paul Warfield guy. Yeah. I think if he had played in the modern era, God knows what his numbers would have been. He would have been Antonio Brown slash Steve Largent. Jones all rolled into what <laughs> Steve Largent put up big numbers exactly. But from the I'd say he was drafted in 88 from that point forward for about five years. He was the second best receiver in football without question. And he did it without Brett Favre before Brett Favre got there. And when he got there, like I said, you know, they were unstoppable, but uh, yeah, I think he belongs in there. I mean, Jerry Kramer, another Packer who one of the greatest guys in the history of the sport had to wait forever to get yeah. in. And you never heard him complain. You know, he kind of, you know, did what he did um, was still a very visible guy. And finally, we got in with a great moment. So, you know, Terrell Owens blowing up because he didn't get in in his first year of eligibility kind of, you know, thumbs up Terrell Owens, who I think Skip Bayless said T.O. stands for Team Obliterator. Because yeah. every team he went to, he kind of blew it up at some point, right? Whether it's but, Philadelphia, you know, look, the, talent, the talent was great undeniable. Still, but yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. What he did in the Super Bowl against the Patriots was is legendary. They got yeah. playing on a broken ankle, and he's still in a, a massive game. No, sensational player. They, belongs in the hall of fame but you know um he's a hall of famer you know whether it's first ballot or second ballot or third ballot you know welcome to the club here's the gold jacket yep no i i agree so uh before we go though i do want to bring up one uh one other quarterback you know a guy that uh, you actually already mentioned earlier and that's russell wilson um because <clears throat> uh they, there was a report this morning or late last night i don't know i saw it this morning so i apologize if it was last night and everyone saw it and we've already talked about it but I saw it this morning, and it was basically before Russell Wilson got traded, he had demanded or, or requested um, that Pete Carroll and management be gone. Um, and I think a few days later, Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. So uh, the Seahawks clearly, if this is true, clearly chose which side they belong on. And Look, I mean, after one year, and I'm not going to put a bow on this whole thing, I mean, Russell Wilson could go out and have four straight MVP seasons. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know the future. I wish I did, John, because I could make a lot of money. Make some nice bets, better bets than what I've been making, seriously. Um, So, but that's the point. It could happen. It could not. He could go out and throw five touchdowns over the next four seasons. All these things are possible. But right now, based on what we've seen, the, the Seahawks clearly made the right decision. Uh, you know, even if, like, I, I'm not, like, I like Pete Carroll, 
I, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, I think he's a pretty good coach. I think my, my, uh, my, my respect for him, I guess, went up a little bit more this year because I, I, I wasn't the biggest Russell Wilson fan, but I always kind of tend to lean towards quarterback and he was able to make it work without him and, and kind of the decision looks good on the Seahawks part is what I'm trying to say at this point though. Um, what's going to happen year two in Denver? Maybe we were wrong. Maybe, maybe Sean Payton's going to bring out the best in Russell Wilson and put him in a better situation to succeed. I don't know. It could happen. I certainly, I'm not going to bet against Sean Payton because he's had a track record. So, um, it, it's just, it's, I don't know. Russell Wilson's a guy who I think quietly is very, well, no, well, not quietly. What am I talking about? He's very out, out, he's very full of himself. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. I think, I yep. think he very much believes and, and he does it in the most unassuming way. Well, it's, it's obnoxious, but it's polite which I think confuses people Mm -hmm. where like people like, Oh, he's just, you know, he's just a good guy. No, he is wildly arrogant. I think he has a far, uh, much more inflated view of himself than what he actually is. And unless Sean Payton can kind of put that in check, I don't think too much is going to change in Denver. Although I do think Sean Payton's a guy that could, uh, demand that type of respect from uh russell wilson again i'm not acting i'm not saying that russell wilson's a malcontent i'm just saying he he is the most polite arrogant person i think i've ever seen in a in a you know athletic standpoint professional sports he's standpoint. eddie Haskell. eddie Haskell from leave it to beaver sorry for the real old reference yeah. but you know but essentially you know very passive aggressive and a guy who has that smile on his face but he's acting like an a-hole and so full of himself like you say whereas Rogers acts like an a hole and is full of himself, but he's kind of owns out it. there with it. Yeah, he owns it. Yeah, it's it's like you know I'm I'm a jerk and I'm you know quite happy being that guy. So I think people kind of respect that more than the phony guy, right? Oh, and absolutely. I know as, as a LeBron guy, LeBron's been accused of that stuff in the past. You know, very passive aggressive, all of that thing. Um, so whereas like Kobe wasn't that game. Kobe was just aggressive. Well, so people kind of respected that more than the, the way LeBron sometimes you know does things behind the scenes and 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 you said it before too that like i've said it about lebron i think one of the things that drives me nuts about him is because i think he's fake i i think he's mm-hmm. he tries too hard and it's very obvious like the whole reading the book things you know all mm-hmm. that stuff all this commentary it's like dude sometimes just don't don't say anything just right <laughs> yeah and and i think that's that's one of the issues that you know if you're not a a, a fan of the team that lebron's been on that's one of the things you're going to go to you're like all right dude like Come on, we we can see like Russell Wilson. When you say you you rehab eighteen hours a day, we know that's BS. Right. Like, do, like, how stupid do you think we are to 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 you know buy into that? Like, just be honest. I mean, you don't have to be like you know. I'm I'm just saying, like, give me a non-answer if anything. Just don't try to sell me on eighteen hours a day and you know uh, let's ride and all this other corny nonsense. Um, just focus on football. So. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in year two with Russell Wilson. It's going to be one of the bigger storylines. Uh, obviously, wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, that's going to be a storyline, um, and we're going to uh, we're going to follow it. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here this week and uh, today, of course. Uh, so we will be back on Monday. Uh, maybe we'll have some more answers or more clarity as to the landing spots for Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, and who knows. 
we'll see. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we will uh, talk to you tomorrow or Monday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.